0: You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, a little over a week ago, uh, my wife Leslie and I we moved into a new house. And uh, when we moved into this house, there was, um, it's a little bit of a construction zone whenever we took over. Uh, in fact, there was a lot of cleaning to do, a lot of construction cleanup to do. Um, there was zero flooring anywhere, and so it's all concrete floors that are unfinished. And so we have rugs everywhere, And um, but we love the house, we love the location, we love the space. Everything about it was just such a God thing. There's so much, I, I can't go into all of it right now, but God provided this house for us we needed it really, really bad. And so we're so excited to get into this house, but there's also a lot of work to do. And so over the past couple days, in fact, a couple days ago, um, my brother Ben and I decided to lay some tile in our master bathroom. So we need some flooring, right? So we're going to start in some of the most important areas, right? We need some tile in here so we can put uh, a toilet in this one bathroom for sure. So we need to tile this out. And so uh, I'm, I'm no tile professional, okay? And so um, I had to watch a lot of videos. I had a lot of trust in my brother Ben. Uh, My dad was very gracious in warning us, hey, you don't really want to do that. It's going to be a big project. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it, Dad. We're going to do it anyway, all right? We're going to put tile in. That's what Leslie wants. It's going to look good. So we committed to the tile. We get halfway through, and we're laying the tile, and I realized really quick, why, how long it took, number one, just to lay the tile and to map it out and to cut it and everything. How long it took, I realized, okay, I could see why this would be frustrating. I could see that, but I had my brother Ben there, okay, and he was able to help. He was my my guy on the saw, so he was running back and forth, bringing me, I was mudding and sticking, all that good stuff. Well, we get it laid, and it looks decent, okay, but yesterday, I had the amazing privilege of grouting the tile. Anyone ever done this at your, before yourself, okay, Um, and if you're not a professional, you know the joys of grouting your own tile, laying your own tile, right, so I'm there, and I'm grouting, and I'm like, I'm, I'm the guy that's looking at the bag, and measuring out the water, and I'm like keeping it all, like just making sure I'm doing everything by the book, I don't know what I'm doing, I even text my brother Ben halfway through, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I hope this is good, all right, I hope this looks right at the end, I get halfway through grouting it, and I'm halfway through, I get it all, you know, into the cracks, and I'm going through, and then I'm sponging it off, and wiping it off, And um, I have a little bit of a panic moment because I feel like I've left too much grout on top of the tile, like not in the cracks but on top, and it's really starting to get dry. And so I can't just wipe it off. I'm like having to come through and kind of scrub some areas off, and it's drying behind me pretty quickly. And I had this moment of panic and, if I'm being honest, anger and frustration and temptation to say some bad words if I'm being transparent in church. And I was there, and I was on my knees, I'm just like, this is so dumb, okay? Why am I doing this right now? I should have had Ben here with me, at least somebody could have suffered with me. That's where I was at. And I had this moment where I was just so frustrated and sweaty and just, like, tired and, ah, man. But I had to remind myself Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You know, Leslie and I, we've been believing for a house of our own to purchase for over four years. And uh, we've made, man, I don't even know how many offers on homes over the years. Um, Probably close to ten offers on homes. Some of them above asking price. And people still took other people's offers that were less than ours. So that's another story. We've been believing God for a house for four years. We find a house that we love. It has zero flooring. The bright side is we get to pick all the flooring that we love, right? So it's a good thing. The other side of it is I get the joys of putting it in myself as well, which I'm okay with, I think. I have one more bathroom to go. But why am I doing this? Why am I laying this tile? I had to get up off my knees and my lumbar. I'm 30 years old now, so my lumbar was shot around my low back. Oh, man, I just got to stretch for a second. And I looked back at the tile, and I thought, this is going to look really, really good when we're done. Why am I doing this? I'm doing it for my wife because I love her. And She picked out the tile, and I said, you know what? If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. I don't care how much it stinks. I'm going to do it. Number two is because, man, we've been believing God for this for a long time, and we're going to make it how we want it to be. And I had to remind myself of there's, there's an end in mind. Yeah, it may stink right now. It may be tough right now. But if I remember where I'm going and what it's going to be like, I can keep pushing through. I can keep wiping or scrubbing that grout or, you know, trying to make it look good. I can keep moving because I know what's coming. And in many ways, that's how we're supposed to live our lives spiritually. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today is how do we live eternally minded? How do we live today with eternity in mind? Because if we're being honest, right, especially in 2020, it's easy to live with today in mind or tomorrow. I got stuff to do. I got bills to pay. I got projects I got to get done. I have family members that need me or stuff going on. I got a lot of stuff going on. I can live for today. But how do I live today with eternity in mind? How do I make decisions today with forever? In mind. And in fact, if you're taking notes, if you've got a note-taking card, you can write this down. It's the first fill in the blank is this is that mature believers live eternally minded. It's biblical. If I say I'm a mature believer, I should be living my life every single day with eternity in mind. How do I live with forever in mind? I'll show you exactly what I mean here in just a second, but here's one of the key verses. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Apostle so Paul's writing here and he's talking uh, about spiritual, being spiritual. He's talking about um, there's a lot of different conversations going about about how can we be perfect while we're here on earth and what does that mean? And Paul's saying, look, we're striving for that, but we're striving for maturity in Christ. And he picks it up here in verse 12, and here's what he says. He says, not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I, I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, right? I haven't achieved perfection by any means. But one thing I do, do, look at this, forgetting what is behind me and reaching forward to what is ahead. Forgetting what's behind, reaching forward. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And look at this. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you also. I mean, if you think differently, he's going to show you if you ask him. He'll show you what I'm talking about. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. He said, this is how I'm living my life. I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm focused on that moment, what does he say, the prize that is promised by God's heavenly call, that moment where I get to step into the presence of my Savior and see him face to face. Other times, what's he right? He says, you know, to die is gain. I'm, I, yeah, I know I have a mission here, but I can't wait to get to eternity with my Savior. Eternity with my Savior. Paul says, don't look back. He says, I've forgotten what's behind me. Right? It's the old saying of don't look back. You're not going that way. Stop looking back to where I have been, what happened to me, the decisions I made. He says, no, look forward to something in your life, which is eternity. Look forward to eternity. However, there's a warning here. Many there's a there's almost a a movement or a wave in the church right now that says that we need to go back in our past and dig up a lot of old dirt and sort through it to figure out who we are so that we can move forward in Christ. But over and over and over again, what do we see all through the New Testament? Paul says it. Jesus says it. Jesus says, look, if you put your hand to the plow and turn back or look back, he says you're not fit for the kingdom. He says move forward, keeping your eyes fixed on something ahead. Continue to look forward. For believers, we're looking forward to that prize promised by God's heavenly call, which is eternity. Let me show you exactly what I mean. I have this rope up here. And for a second, I want you to imagine that this rope goes on forever. Obviously, it ends at the wall, right? But I want you to imagine that this rope goes out the door around the world, right? Crosses the ocean, continues, goes around and around and around the entire world, right? I'm blowing Gavin's mind right now. Like, what can it really do? It? Like, kiss, it keeps imagine it that it keeps going. Okay? Forever. There is no end to this rope. On this end, there's this red part. It's like four inches right here. This red part. This red part represents our time here on Earth. This rope represents your life. It started here when you were born, but it goes on for forever. What happens is we fall into this trap of, man, I have this one life, okay, and I'm going to work so hard. What's the American dream? I'm going to work so hard right here in this half an inch, okay, so that I can retire early and really enjoy the last half an inch or an inch of my life, right? Right? But God's perspective is what? Why are you focused right here when I see this? I'm going to try really hard here. I'm going to, you know, spoil myself here. I'm going to get what I want here, do what I want, and I have all eternity to be with Jesus and do what he wants. But God says, look what I see. This is not your life. This is but a fraction. It's only the beginning. But how often have I lived my life, years of my life, with a piece, a season of this in mind? Guilty. Guilty. The thing we have to realize about this, there's pros and there's cons. Let's start with the negative part of it. The negative thing is this, is that everything we do here on this earth will bring reward or regret for all of eternity. Everything I do will bring reward or regret for eternity. I'm not talking about our sins. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about whenever you cross this threshold right here, from the red to the white part, when you cross and you see Jesus and you make it to heaven someday, there's going to be a moment where he looks at you and he shows you his vision for your life. He says, this is what I had for you. And either I will have lived it or I'll have missed it. Either I was obedient and said, man, God, if you say go, I trust you. I'm going to take steps of faith. God, I don't care how foolish it looks. I'm going to live here for this, with this in mind. Or... Ah, that just seems a little, seems a little scary to, to quit this job that pays this much to go and serve Jesus over here, even though he's calling me. And I lived with this in mind. Which, which way have I lived? The positive side of it is this, right? That, that part feels a little heavy, right? Can we be honest? Like, oh man, have I, how have I been so far? Here's, the, here's the, the great thing. All of us here, you're at this point. And what did Paul say? I'm not looking back to the beginning. From this day forward is only potential in Christ. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's not about, well, man, did I miss him here? His grace is sufficient. If I misstepped, if I got off track, if I did something dumb, I didn't trust enough here, I didn't obey. Well, stop for a second. Don't look here and back. I messed up back there. He says, look to here. The potential is always forward to eternity. The potential is there. I'm keeping my eyes fixed on what's to come. That's what Paul said. What is to come? I'm forgetting what's behind, and I'm reaching forward to what is ahead. Let's talk practically really quick. There's going to be two things, though. That keep me and keep you, keep us from living eternally minded. There's two things that are going to keep me from living that way. With today, with that in mind, it's going to make me focused on right here. There's two things. The first one is this: it's the love of money. In parentheses, you could say the love of comfort, because that one's probably a little bit more accurate. The love of comfort. The love of comfort. Let me show you from from God's word exactly what I'm talking about. Then we'll we'll make it practical to us. The the, The story that goes along with this is in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. We know this story, right? You've probably heard it before. It says this, now, as he, he being Jesus, was going out on the road, one came running to him. A young man came running to him, and he knelt down before Jesus. And he asked Jesus, he said, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Let me stop here for a second. You see a young man who comes to Jesus, and he's got a a fraction of the perspective that, man, I want to live with this in mind. Jesus, how do I make sure that I have this part of my life, the real part, taken care of? He wants it. He wants to see that perspective. But Jesus challenges what? His love for other things, comfort and money. Let's continue reading. He says, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. In verse 20, and the young man, he he answered Jesus and he said to him, teacher, all of these things I have kept from my youth. So I'm good, right? Like from here on, I'm going to be good for eternity. Then Jesus looked at him, look at this, loved him. He loved him. And he said to him, there's one thing that you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But the young man was sad at his word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. He had great possessions. Man, he was so close. Jesus, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm covered for eternity? And what do you say? Trust me more than you trust your riches and your comfort. And if I ask you to sell it, will you sell it? If you continue reading, and I would challenge you, to continue reading in Mark 10 into Mark 11. You're going to find out Jesus promises. Look, if you give up anything for the kingdom you're going to inherit a hundred times here on earth and eternal life. That's what he would have received. Many times we don't read that far, though. But that's what God wanted for him. Let me challenge you with this. Don't sacrifice God's call on your life on the altar of comfortability. Don't sacrifice God's call for your life on the altar of comfortability. I'm too scared to trust God. I don't know if it's actually going to work out. Don't sacrifice your calling there. Jesus says, no, if you will trust me, I have some good things for you, and I will take care of you. I will provide. My grace is sufficient, and it's going to work out better than you ever could have imagined. Ever could have imagined. That's number one, the love of money, the love of comfort. The second thing, as we wrap up, is this. second thing that keeps us from living eternally minded is the distractions of life, the distractions of life. If you're on social media at all, um, if you're on Facebook, just say Facebook at all, you know there's a lot of distractions out there, right? I can't get on Facebook without uh, being a couple minutes in and wanting to punch someone or something. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of distractions, a lot of temptations, and it can eat your lunch if you're not careful. The distractions of life that will keep you focused here And not on forever or eternity. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Here's another story. And it says this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha, look at this, she was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Like, come on, Jesus, like what's going on here, right? She should be helping me. Verse 41. But the Lord Jesus, he said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and you are upset over all of these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. A couple things in these stories. She's discovered what? The one thing that's worth being concerned about. Fixing her eyes on Jesus. In his presence, becoming more like him, discipleship. But what does Jesus say? It will not be taken away from her. What's he pointing to? Eternity. Her decision here impacts this. And that's why Jesus praised her. She's found it. And what she's doing, though it may seem like not the the proper thing, right? We would all commend. I can relate to to, to being busy. Jesus is in my house. I'm going to make sure everything's in place and in order. I can relate to that. But Jesus says stop thinking about here when you have a, a potential in this situation to impact all of that. Get your focus somewhere else. We have to remind ourselves that everything we do on this Earth, it'll bring reward or regret at that eternity moment when Jesus says, "Look, this is what I had for you if you would have trusted a little more. We can't get so distracted with the to-do's of life that we miss the most important part, which is this: loving Jesus and loving others. I love Jesus well here and it impacts eternity. And when I love others here, it impacts eternity. God has a calling for you, and he's got a calling on your life. Whether you believe it or not, he does. He's got things for you to do, specifically. He's given you gifts, talents. He's molded you a certain way. I was told this once whenever I was younger, and this stuck with me. One of my pastors, he pulled me aside, and he said, God's got a call on your life, and if the devil can't destroy it, he'll distract you from it. If the devil can't destroy the calling on your life, what God's put in your heart, he'll just distract you from it. And that's what happens to a lot of people. I go round and around and around in this wilderness of life here, and man, I had potential to impact all of here for the kingdom. Don't let the love of comfort rob you from impacting eternity. Don't let the devil distract you with the distractions and the cares of this life from impacting all of eternity. Let me leave you with a couple reflection questions and action steps today. The first one is this, the reflection question. You can ask the Holy Spirit, where has my focus been lately? Have I been living living earthly or living eternally? What have I been focused on? Have I been so consumed with the to-dos and the things going on in my family and the problems I gotta fix at work and that coworker or that boss that I don't like? Have I been so worried and fixed and focused here that I haven't even thought about what am I doing to impact eternity? Here's the action steps. These ones are even more important. The first action step or question, if you want to call it that. It's a question for you to ask yourself ongoing. And this is from the lens of you. So for me, before I do something, before I make a decision, it can be a big one, it could be a small decision, before I take this step, before I post this on Facebook, before I say this to that person, before I do whatever, is this decision, is it an earthly decision or an eternity decision? Why am I doing this? It's me grouting the tile, right? Frustrated. Ah, uh, why do I feel this way? Because I didn't take a step back and ask why. If I know why, I'm going to make a decision for eternity. I'm not going to make a dumb decision for today. The filter for me is, is this, before I say, do, act, make the decision, is this an earthly decision or an eternity decision? Big difference. Big difference second one is this. This is for other people. Does this decision impact eternity in a positive way or a negative way? I don't know if you know this, but you have influence. There's people that follow you, friends that look to you. There's people that follow you online, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever it may be. There's people that are looking to you. And the things that you say, the things that you do, and how you treat other people, how you talk to that waitress who got the order wrong at the restaurant, how you comment on social media, how you treat your coworker that maybe believes different or isn't like you, those decisions here impact here for others. So did my decision, are my decisions bringing people into the kingdom of God So they can enjoy heaven with me for eternity or, here's the heavy one, are my decisions, my actions, my words making people run from heaven. Because the only Christian they know is me. And the words that I'm saying, the things that I'm doing, what I'm standing for, what I'm whatever, is making people run the opposite direction. I don't want to be heavy. I don't want to be like, oh man, I don't know. This shouldn't be, this shouldn't be heavy. But this is the the weight of discipleship. This is the cost of discipleship. It's what Jesus did. Every decision that he made in 33 years, what? Drastically changed eternity. And he asked the same of his disciples. Freely you've received, now what? Freely give. To who? Others, why? So they can enjoy this part with you. He's brought people in your life for a reason. So no matter what, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, plus it doesn't matter. I've forgotten all that stuff. If I look back, I'm just going to get depressed. I'm looking forward to what God has for me. Today, moving forward is what? All potential. The limits are off. Last week, if you didn't hear last week's message, listen to it from Parker. He talked about dreaming big. Maybe you're in a season where it's dormant and it's like, man, I don't know what God wants to do in my life. Dream again. Why? Because you're only here. It may seem like I've wasted too many years or I'm, I'm, I don't know where to even turn next. I don't know what to do. You're just beginning. It doesn't matter if you're all the way back here on the red part. You're just beginning. The potential moving forward is unlimited. Why? It's all for his glory. And what he wants to do through you, but you've got to trust him. You've got to put your love for comfort aside. You've got to eliminate some distractions in your life. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on him and move forward towards eternity. That's where he's calling you. And it's the best life to live. It's not a heavy life. It's not depressing. Man, it's so exciting. Because no matter what I've done, the future is unlimited. It's got unlimited potential. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? As we talk about eternity, as we talk about these decisions that that bring us into heaven, into the presence of our Savior, I can't preach a message like this and not give an opportunity today for if you're in here or if you're at a place where you'd say, Pastor Dan, I just, I don't know where I'm at with God. I don't know if if I'm going to cross that red line to get into heaven someday. Or maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I've, maybe I've done that before, but I, I've drifted. I've been doing my own thing, but I'm ready to be serious today. And if that's you today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you any, do anything weird, but I just, I just want to pray with you today. And in fact, God's word says this, that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. You will be saved. It's a promise from God. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say a prayer right now. And I want you to say this prayer after me, repeat it after me, believe it in your heart, confess it out loud, and you will be saved. In fact, nobody prays alone here at Abide Church. So church, say this prayer after me. Everyone say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Right now, I put my faith in Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me brand new on the inside. I am saved. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, Or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.